Podcast Answer Man, episode number 288. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. There's something we can all do to take our show and everything else we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and I am so excited to be back for yet another episode of the Podcast Answer Man, slowly approaching that 300th episode here, and I could not be more delighted. In fact, I've got way more content for this show than what I can potentially put into it, but I want to give you a feel for what I am going to include in this week's episode so you can make a wise decision on whether or not this is a great use of your time for the next Let's say about an hour for this episode. Okay, I'm going to give you a personal plug plug of the week of somebody who's just recently launched their first episode of their brand new podcast. Uh, You'll want to stick around for that. Also, I kind of teased a while back about a special secret fan podcast that I was working on, a project that I was working on. I am going to reveal in this episode what that secret podcast project that I've been working on is. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to delay the launch of it. But I am going to go ahead and just let the cat out of the bag. I'm going to tell everybody what this new project is all about. Also, I'm going to talk about my thoughts on why some people may actually be seeing maybe a little bit of a decrease in the number of people downloading their shows, seeing your stats go down a little bit. I have some thoughts on something that might cause that. And uh, so we're going to cover that here in this episode. Also, I'm going to give you a public service announcement, something that you could avoid doing on your website that will stop annoying people. And of course, this isn't me pointing out what somebody else has done wrong. I couldn't believe it. I was doing it on my own website and I annoyed the heck out of myself. I'm going to tell you that tip on what you can do to avoid uh, annoying people when they come and visit your site and they're reading your show notes or in your comment section. Also, I'm going to tell you about my show notes for the last two episodes of Podcast Answer Man prior to this one, including the show notes for episode 288. I didn't type them, and I'm going to tell you why and how those show notes are getting done. And uh, also, in this episode, we're going to have a great, wonderful conversation with my good friend Eric J. Fisher for our final Social media segment for 2012. That's right. Eric Fisher is getting ready to take a hiatus for his uh, December end of the year social media fast. And so uh, we're going to try to get in as much as possible. We're going to talk briefly about Google communities, how I really feel about Google Plus. Twitter's reducing your characters down to 118 what? What's that all about? And then, of course, uh, maybe some talk about Twitter, mobile adding filters for pictures, Instagram filters and changes and and Flickr apps and, oh, maybe so much more. Anyway, we're going to have a great time in this episode. And if any of that stuff sounds interesting to you, stay around for the full episode. If not, I'll catch you next week. I'll try to come up with some different topics for you. Anyway, starting things off, personal plug of the week goes out this week to my good friend, Willie Urish, and he just launched his podcast, The Deer Hunting Podcast. That's right. And, and you know, I love these titles. The ones where if you hear the title of the show, you kind of immediately know, hmm, I wonder what you, Willie's podcast is all about. Well, you can imagine that The Deer Hunting Podcast is all about, well, you guessed it, deer hunting and I want to play for you just a little bit of a clip 40 seconds or so from the intro of his show welcome to the deer hunting podcast brought to you by outdoorfreaks.net your home for deer hunting tips news product reviews and stories that will help you become a better deer hunter
Okay, I want to welcome and thank everybody for joining us here today on session number one of the Deer Hunting Podcast. Today's podcast is going to be dedicated to five late season deer hunting tips and strategies. These aren't necessarily revolutionary, but they're things that you can implement right now to still be successful here in the final weeks of your deer season. There you go. And that's just a little teaser for you. Now, here's the situation. This is what I want to encourage you guys to do. Number one, if you happen to be a deer hunter yourself, go check it out. Um, I'll put a link to the direct episode where you can find him over at OutdoorFreaks.net. I know that he did purchase DeerHuntingPodcast.com. I see that it's not currently yet forwarding over to that category. Uh, That's something that he's just working on. In fact, I want to let you know that this all just happened within three weeks for Willie Urish. He is one of my podcasting A to Z students. I am here in the third week of podcasting A to Z, my final podcasting A to Z course for this year. And I am so super stoked and excited for Willie and the rest of the students who are getting their podcasts launched. And of course, you're going to be hearing me talk about more of these uh, students launching their successful shows. And I want to encourage you to check out the Deer Hunting Podcast. And if you're not a deer hunter, there's no question in my mind that somewhere you know somebody that's a deer hunter. Ch- tell them to check it out. Go, tell, get, go and find the direct link. Send them an email. Uh, you can send them to outdoorfreaks.net. Uh, or maybe by the time you hear this, we'll get Willie to to hook up that deerhuntingpodcast.com so that it will forward right to that particular show where they can just listen right there on the site or click to subscribe. Deer Hunting Podcast. Willie Yurish, my personal plug of the week. And hey, by the way, If you have a New Year's resolution, you want to finally launch that podcast in 2013, well, my friends, I want to encourage you to sign up today for the podcasting A to Z course that will launch January 14th. Monday, January 14th, it's four weeks of unlimited access to ask me any questions you want. Not only that, but you also get every single tutorial that I have to offer and my outlines that help you walk through it step by step. I mean, this, it, it, it literally is. It's the best offer that I've ever offered to anyone. It sells out every single time. I think I'm getting ready to approach my eighth or ninth uh, session of podcasting A to Z and 20 to 30 students per session and and every single time people are launching amazing shows. So again, podcasting a to z is.com is the website, podcasting a to z.com. And of course, use the discount code PAM for podcast answer man in the shopping cart. You'll get one hundred dollars off. Look forward to helping you launch your show in the beginning of the new year. And now, my friends, it's finally time for me to kind of uh, let you in on a little secret that I've been holding for a couple months. That's right, my friends. I have been working on a secret podcasting project going all the way back to October of this year. And for those of you who are hearing this music in the background, far over the misty mountains cold. You already know where this is heading, don't you? That's right, my friends. I have been secretly working on the Lord of the Rings fan podcast from GSPN.TV, my network of shows. And here's the thing. I have done fan podcasts before. In fact, I everything that happens today with me and podcasting, it all started with a fan podcast devoted to the TV show Lost. And then after that, we've done various other when I say we, I'm talking about my wife and I, have done a lot of fan podcasts devoted to TV shows. And then we even transitioned over to books. We've done the Twilight Saga fan podcast, which you can find at twilightsagapodcast.com. And then we did the Hunger Games fan podcast, which you can find at hungergamespodcast.com. And once this Lord of the Rings fan podcast launches, you'll be able to eventually find that at lordoftheringspodcast.com. However, I'm going to tell you why I have not yet launched it. But first, let me play this music. Isn't that awesome? 
Anyway, let me tell you a little bit about why I wanted to launch this, what's unique about this, why it's taking so long to launch it, and why I'm not actually going to launch it right now when, even though right now is the perfect time to get this thing launched. So, first of all, my reason for wanting to launch a Lord of the Rings fan podcast is the fact that I am a huge fan of the movies, The Lord of the Rings. When I say a huge fan, I I mean by my standards. The reason why it's taken so long to launch this is that, um, well, there are two reasons, really. One, this is my first attempt of doing a solo fan podcast. So, I've done all those other fan podcasts with my wife before, and totally enjoy that process of doing those uh, shows with her. However, this is a this is content that, quite honestly, she's not all that into. She's not into the Lord of the Rings. She enjoys the movies. She wouldn't consider herself to be a fan of the movies, but she enjoys the movies enough that she would sit down and watch them with me if I have them on on the TV playing. Uh, so I know that she wouldn't be interested in doing the Lord of the Rings fan podcast with me. So I, the question was, do I find somebody else to be a co-host f- with me? And I decided I really don't want to actually work around somebody else's schedule. This is something that I would love to be able to just, whenever I feel led to record an episode of this fan podcast, that I will do that. And I don't have to worry about any other schedules whatsoever. The only thing is, is doing a solo fan podcast is a little unique because I don't have the other people's thoughts or ideas to kind of balance my own ideas off of and trying to figure out a whole brand new approach to how I'm going to pull that off. Now, here on Podcast Answer Man, this episode or this show, every week I'm solo, except for every, occasionally I bring some interviews in. And of course, I have Eric Fisher on from time to time to do social media updates and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, this is solo, but it's no problem. I'm, I know a ton about podcasting and my experiences. I answer people's questions. It's real easy for me to go on and on and on and on and on about podcasting. I mean, this literally could be the podcast, the the podcasting fan podcast because I am I am very well versed in podcasting. So it's not just the fact that I am doing it solo that is holding me up a little bit, but the fact that when I say I'm a huge fan of the movies, relatively to a lot of people, I may not even be considered a fan at all of the Lord of the Rings. They may actually mock me. They may actually uh, burn me in effigy in their Lord of the Rings fan communities. Um, I, I'm, I'm afraid of what they might say when I tell them I'm a fan and I'm doing a quote-unquote fan podcast and I've never <gasps> once read any of the books related to the Lord of the Rings. I've never read The Fellowship of the Ring. I've never read The Two Towers. I've never read The Return of the King. And I'm only just now reading The Hobbit for the very first time. So, yeah, there's a little bit of nervousness there. But here's my approach. This is what I was thinking that I would do, is I would create the Lord of the Rings fan podcast. I I would create a podcast that is not necessarily to show off how big of a fan that I am, but how I want to become a fan of the Lord of the Rings I want to be a fan of this story, this world that was created by J.R.R. Tolkien. And I figure that I'm not alone. There, I know for a fact I've, I've had conversations with a lot of people who are just like me, who have, who have heard all of these people go on and on about how amazing the Lord of the Rings are, uh, the story is, the world is, this background, this everything. Um, and here's the deal. I, I know those people that are huge fans. They know everything. They know all about the background of the orcs and the goblins and the trolls and and uh, all of the other uh, things that are in this world, uh, the elves and how, you know, it, it's all there. But th- some of them probably even know how to speak certain made-up languages and things like that. And here's the situation. It's not, I actually have a very healthy respect for the people that I know who are Lord of the Rings 
fans, true, genuine, deep, diehard fans of this of this work, um, more so than I do of of people who know how to speak Klingon and and who know every single thing that's ever happened in Star Wars and all those things. Not to demean those, um, I'm I enjoy those stories pretty well. But I tell you, none of them speak to me as much as the movies. The, that that I saw for the Lord of the Rings spoke to me. And from what I hear from my friends who really know this stuff deeply, when I have conversations with them, I'm really genuinely interested in the things that they're sharing and how that relates to a lot of things in our lives. And, and so I, here's the situation. I want to become a fan of the Lord of the Rings. I wanted to create the Lord of the Rings fan podcast to, if you will, capture my own adventure, <laughs> my own unexpected adventure of how I'm going to become a fan of the Lord of the Rings. And that's that's the approach that I'm taking with this project. Now, what I've decided to do is actually start with The Hobbit and read the book, The Hobbit. And so, in fact, I started doing that. I picked out some music. You should see my amazing artwork. You can go to lordoftheringspodcast.com and see my amazing artwork that was put together by my great friend Jenny H., who does all of my artwork. You can go to podcastanswerman.com slash Jenny H. Tell her Cliff sent you, and she'll help you uh, get some uh, great artwork for your podcast as well. But anyway, she did my Lord of the Rings fan podcast artwork, and it looks amazing. I got my music. And if you want to hear the music uh, for the intro of my podcast, this is, this is what I have here. I'll, I'll just... Oh, wrong button. <laughs> Talk about taking it out of the mood. Here it is. That's my Lord of the Rings fan podcast intro music, kind of uh, to put you in that solemn mood to talk about this story in this background. Anyway, what was I going to say to you? So, oh, so I, I started reading The Hobbit. And the first two episodes of the Lord of the Rings fan podcast is already recorded. And they're pretty good. Um, I, you know, obviously I'm brand new to the story. I did an intro talking about, you know, what, why I'm doing this podcast and stuff like that. I, I read chapter one and I gave some thoughts on chapter one. And I even brought in some of my own interpretations of how, you know, I am relating to the characters and the stories and how that fits into some things I've seen played out in my own life and, and stuff like that. So I felt really good about that. And then I went and read chapter two and I came back to the podcast with a second episode and I shared what I read in chapter two. And then I even found out some more, you know, it's like, wow, I really like that Bilbo did this. And, you know, these guys really look down on Bilbo, but if he wouldn't have made what they see as a grave error, then this would have never happened. And that's why it's important not to let other people's opinions of you, you know, take you down because, you know, you did what what you felt was the next right thing. And it ends up that if you wouldn't have done that, uh, if you would have, if you would have done what they would have done then everybody would have perished. Everybody would have died. And so you just got to just gotta do what you know in your heart is right. And so th- I actually even brought that kind of a feel and approach out of chapter two, and I felt really great about it. And then I went on a business trip to uh, Atlanta for a speaking conference, or for a speaker conference, a public speaking conference. Uh, and as I was there, I read chapters three and four, and I enjoyed the chapters, but I didn't really feel like I was going to be able to come to episode three of the podcast and say, here's some really great thought and interpretation and, and how it relates to you know my own experiences or experiences I've seen in other people's lives. I didn't really feel like I had a lot of backstory or good information. I felt like episode three was just going to be me saying, hey, I read chapter three and chapter four and here's what I read. But if you're reading along, you probably read that too. I don't have anything ever, uh, anything else of value to give you uh, other than to say I liked it or didn't like it. And so I started to feel a little very, well, actually a lot of self-conscious thoughts about what am I bringing to this audience? These people who are joining me on my adventure of becoming a fan. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there who are just like me who have watched the movies, really enjoyed it. They respect the people they know who are huge fans and they would love to be fans too if they only, 
you know, were prompted to do so or if they had somebody to join them on their adventure of becoming a fan of the Lord of the Rings. And so that's why I wanted to do this, but I wanted to bring something more to the table. And without having a co-host, it even brought for me the the need to actually, you know, step it up a notch. So what I did is I reached out some, to some friends who I knew were huge fans. Uh, I subscribed to a couple other podcasts and started doing some research about how they're covering things. And I came across a book that my great friend, Father Roderick Von Hogan, told me about. And I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, but it's a it's kind of a commentary of The Hobbit. So basically, it's a chapter by chapter commentary, you know, so you know how the Bible, you know, you read the chapter of the Bible and you can go verse by verse and they have commentaries on it. Well, that's exactly, it's, it's not verse by word or sentence by sentence or anything like that, but uh, it is a it is a commentary. Let me see if I can find it right here. It's called Exploring J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit by Corey Olson. And Corey Olson also has a podcast called the, I think it's called the Tolkien Professor. And um, so I, I've been subscribing to that and doing a lot of research. And so uh, what's happened is that I've only recorded two episodes and I don't want to record this show until I have at least, at least 10 episodes already recorded. So that means I would be 10 weeks ahead of schedule and and once I get that momentum going, I would even be able to build it up even further and further and have this huge buffer. Why won't I release the two episodes that I have now? The answer to that question can be found in the written reviews of the Hunger Games fan podcast. And overall today, by the way, people who go to the Hunger Games fan podcast and subscribe to it today... And they go all the way back to episode one and listen all the way through to the end uh, where we've covered all three books. They absolutely love the Hunger Games fan podcast. But Stephanie and I started reading that book together. The first book, we got through it really fast. We stayed on target, stayed on schedule. The second book, we kind of got off schedule a little bit. And then when we got to the third and final book in the series, there were some times where it was five, six, or even five or six weeks, sometimes three months or six months between us recording another episode covering another chapter to three chapters. And that really upset a lot of people. And so if I'm going to create a podcast for the Lord of the Rings fan podcast, I want it to be weekly. Or at least I want it to be weekly as I go at least through one book or one season of the show, if you will. And, and I'd like to, you know, I think I'd like to keep it weekly until I go all the way through the whole thing. But to do that, I want to be able to have a, a backlog of a ton of content that's been pre-recorded and ready to go. So I had hoped to launch it for the, the launch of The Hobbit, but it didn't happen. Not a big deal. Um, I, I know I'm going to miss out on a ton of subscribers right out of the bat if I was to go in and put it because people are searching for The Hobbit uh, soundtrack right now. I've already purchased the Hobbit soundtrack, as you heard with me play a little uh, clip of that chant from uh, the dwarves. But um, you know, it, it, for me, it's not all about just getting a lot of numbers. You know, I certainly don't want to go and get you know about ten thousand new subscribers to a podcast and then give them two episodes and upset everybody. I don't have a date of when I'm going to release this podcast and, um, you know, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to have a date. So I just wanted to kind of let the cat out of the bag and let people know, hey, this is what it is. I, I'm not going to keep you in suspense any longer, um, you know, but I do want to let you know, I, I, I don't know how long it will be before I officially launch this podcast, but um, it's, it's my desire that it'll help. It will certainly happen sometime in 2013 and, you um, you know, and of course, you know, I, I hope that it'll happen in in the first quarter. Uh, but things are always crazy here. But I am thinking ahead. You know, I am I'm I am determined that this is something that I, I'm serious about. I know that it can do a lot for my brand and I'm just wanting to do it right. Uh, and of course, you hear me talk to you guys all the time. It's like, just get out there, start creating content. And I want to say that that advice still applies to you unless you're like me and you're already producing somewhere between uh, four to eight podcast episodes a week. And when you're doing that, launching another one, this would actually be my 
30th podcast I've ever launched. So as you might imagine, I am making sure that I have the time, effort, and energy that I can put into doing this right. All right, moving along, streaming versus downloading. Stats going down as a result? That's my question. Uh, So recently, I got an email that says, Cliff, struggling with stats, uh, steady decline in downloads and subscribers. What do you you usually see as the top reason for this? I think uh, my content is uh, great value. Uh, I believe the audio quality is quite acceptable. And I went through your evaluating the podcast uh, course and hit almost all the checkpoints. Do you have any quick advice? And so this is somebody who's been producing a podcast for quite some time. And just recently, over the last several months, uh, he's seen or she's seen uh, a steady decline in the number of people who are downloading every episode. When you compare this to like six months ago, you know, there might be a, a little bit of a decline. Here is, and, and by the way, this is something you'd have, there, there could be tons of reasons why somebody would have a decline in their stats. Uh, personally, I have not seen any decline, but I would, you know, I do think that I'm being affected because I have seen, you know, I've been getting some pretty amazing exposure. I've been very blessed with with the relationships that I have and just the people that I've come to know and and uh, I, I'm just incredibly blessed. I'm, I'm so incredibly thankful to people like Michael Stelzner, Michael Hyatt, um, Dan Miller, uh, Chris Brogan. And and I mean, I could go on and on about the people out there who are consistently promoting what I'm doing. And, and it just uh, it blows my mind. And I'm thankful. But anyway, I, with all of this exposure, I should be seeing like massive jumps in my numbers of subscribers or downloads, if you will. Uh, and and I am seeing an increase, and I'm seeing a healthy increase, but not what I expected to see compared to previous times when I've had those quote-unquote right people notice what I'm doing and telling other people about me. And I do have a thought on why this is happening and, and stuff. So let me tell you about the old days of downloads, okay? So with downloads, people originally, when podcasting came out, everybody would subscribe to your sh- your show using... Well, most people used iTunes. Let's put it that way. Most people did use iTunes. And when they subscribed to your show, iTunes would automatically download every new episode of your show. So, for example, let's just say uh, there's the ABC podcast and I subscribe to it just because I heard somebody else talk about it and I listened to an episode and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I love this ABC podcast. And the next time I go to log into iTunes, it's like, ooh, there's a new episode of the ABC podcast, and it immediately got synced to my iPod. Um, and then, of course, I would load that up next time. It's like, oh, that's great. And then, of course, the next week, you know, uh, one day, next, the, the following week after that, I, I open up iTunes, and boom, there's a whole new episode. It's automatically downloaded for me and automatically synced when I connected my iPod, and I would take that out with me, and I would listen to it. And this is how it would work. And of course, every time that show was downloaded, the host of the ABC podcast would see that, hey, I'm one person downloading each of those episodes. The stats would show my downloads. Here's something else that would happen, though. Let's just say it's the host of the XYZ podcast. I heard a lot about that that podcast. I'm subscribed. Let's just say I'm subscribed to you know, the ABC podcast, the DEF podcast, the H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P podcast. Um, And, you know, so I'm subscribed to a lot of podcasts, but there's one in particular. It's the XYZ podcast. All right. And the XYZ podcast, everybody has been talking about it. And I go and check it out and I listen to an episode and I'm like, eh, not so much. But every week when I go in and I open up iTunes because I didn't unsubscribe to it, it is actually downloading an episode or downloading an episode. And I'm syncing it, and I might even play it for a couple seconds, but then, eh, no. And, and then all of a sudden, I just, I'm just i just not listening to those. I'm, and, and what happens is iTunes actually is smart enough after a while to automatically unsubscribe or to stop delivering that content to you unless you force it to upload, update. But if you force it to update, which I did a lot, it would automatically download each of those new episodes. So here's what's happening. The XYZ host in their download stats, every time my iTunes 
will check to see if there's an update every week it's downloading a new version of that of that show a new episode of that show and i show up my downloads show up in xyz hosts stats as being downloads here's the deal though most of the time xyz podcast i'm never clicking on those i'm never yes they're getting synced to my ipod but i'm never playing them i'm never listening to them i listen to maybe two or three shows at the beginning i just forgot to unsubscribe and they're just still coming through however you know me and let's just say 300 400 500 people just like me also subscribed and maybe half of them might be listening every single week and the other half might not be. Now, fast forward a couple years, we've got smartphones, and now, and especially today, now that I'm using the the official Apple Podcasts app, now, when I'm subscribed to a podcast, I'm no longer downloading shows. I'm no longer downloading them and syncing them to an iPod. I'm no longer downloading them and syncing them to my iPhone. In fact, the only time I ever download an episode is when I know I'm going to go on a on a flight for a period of time and I'll download them before I get on the plane or you know or actually before I go to the airport because you know the LTE sometimes is a little slow and the you know these are big files so I'll right before I leave my Wi-Fi before heading to the airport I download the episodes but outside of that normal daily routine running around town stuff like that huh uh I do not download shows anymore so now I might still be quote unquote subscribed to ABC podcast and the XYZ podcast, but my pod, now I could tell the Apple podcasts app to go in and automatically download those shows for me, but I, but by default, that's not turned on. And also there's downcast, instacast, pocketcast, And these apps are not turned on by default to download either. And so all of these apps, including the Apple Podcast app, the official one, if we're all transitioning over to these smartphone apps and it's not automatically downloading each episode, then what happens will be, sure, we're subscribed and we see from the RSS feed the title of the new show. It's marked as not listened to. And it doesn't actually download the MP3 file or request any data from the MP3 file until we click play. And then instead of downloading the show, we're streaming it, which basically, by the way, when it's streaming it, it is downloading that MP3 file bits at a time. So let's just say I'm listening to the ABC podcast and I listen to the first 20 minutes, it's actually downloading, uh, let's just say the ABC podcast is an hour long. When I listen to 20 minutes of it, it's downloading that 20 minutes of content, maybe a couple, a buffer of a little bit more, and by 20 minutes, it might even have in the buffer the whole entire episode by that time. But anyway, I listen to 20 minutes and I hit stop, and then I don't come back to it until maybe the next day. And then I click play, and because of the you know these these tools are smart, apps are smart enough now, they'll pick up where you left off. Even if you don't, even if it's not downloaded, it'll it'll quote unquote make a marker of what bit you were on inside the file, and it will go back into the to Libsyn or the media host for that host, and it will go and request that MP3 file a second time, and start streaming right at the portion of that file where it where you had left off now here's the thing the stats in all of the you know blueberry libsyn uh and and all these other stats providers uh media host providers they're updating they've updated their algorithms to account for this so if it's the same ip and all this other stuff that they account for they're still trying to get to where it's still me listening to episode 35 of the abc podcast yesterday i listened to the first 20 minutes today or the next day I listened to the last 40 minutes and their algorithm is supposed to be smart enough to where it noticed that I'm the same guy and your stats will only show me as one download aka you know stream so or one person who's listened to that episode so the download stats basically for ABC shows where every single week people are still listening to your show 
um, then at, at, you know, as long as they're downloading and listening to every episode, or even if they they're not downloading, but they just never miss an episode of your show, you shouldn't see a decrease in your in your stats. However, if you're an XYZ host where people have been listening or have been subscribing to your show, your show's been automatically downloaded over and over and over again, week after week, even though they're not listening to it, and now they're moving over. And there is, I believe, an exodus from the old way to the new way of subscribing to podcasts, which is through smartphone apps, specifically the iTunes Podcasts app or the Apple Podcasts app. I see a major exodus from the old way to the new way. And as a result, now your stats are only going to show when people actually are listening to an episode versus having that stuff automatically downloaded. Now, for this person who wrote me and said, you know, I've I've struggled with a steady decline in downloads and subscribers, I don't know that that is what you're facing. There again, there could be a ton of things that you've done differently that changed, um, you know, where you've seen a a, a de- steady decline, um, you know, and it, it take a lot of investigation. And I don't know that you can actually find out and pinpoint exactly what it is, um, but. Here's the thing. I, I do believe that for the average host of a show where people are getting a little bit of exposure, but the people are are typically somebody will listen to one or two episodes and then they kind of, you know, they slowly forget that they were subscribed, but their content was automatically being downloaded. I do think we're seeing some people will will have, uh, you know, their, their stats will go down a little. And the one thing that I am noticing as a result of this is that my stats, like I said, my stats haven't gone down. But what I have noticed is that for a show, for for an episode of Podcast Answer Man to get the same quote-unquote punch for the number of average listens, it's taking longer to get to that number than it used to. And the reason, it, it used to be I put an episode out and I would have 95% of the total number of listens within the first four days of that podcast being online. And that's because in the old days, people were subscribed to my show every time iTunes was open or if they left it open, immediately it would download my show and then they would listen to it maybe a week or two or three or four weeks later. But it was automatically already downloaded waiting for them. I I can't even tell you the number of shows where I used to have you know, there's one podcast in particular. I'm always eight or nine episodes behind, and I wait to go on a big road trip to listen to them. Now, guess what? For that for that particular host, um, his his stats won't show any downloads for me until I go on my next road trip. And when I go on my next road trip, actually, it'll be my next airplane trip. So when I go on my next trip, I'm not going to stream those because I actually will be flying. I will be downloading the most recent six to eight episodes. And so what happens is it's weeks and weeks and weeks, and now all of a sudden me, that one subscriber, is finally getting around to listening to those shows, those episodes, and now it's gonna be six weeks, you know, five weeks, four weeks, and three weeks, and two weeks later, now he's going to quote-unquote get the registered listens. Or if it was a road trip, I would be streaming those either way. But what I'm saying here is now it's always been time shifted. People have always subscribed to Podcast Answer Man. And and it's not that they always listened within four days. It was always downloaded. But the people who were downloading those, typically they'd listen to it maybe, you know, maybe they have two or three episodes behind and they've been downloaded for, you know, the last three weeks. Now they're finally getting around to listen to it. Now I'm not getting those stats for the last two episodes until you finally do get around to quote unquote clicking play and streaming. So hopefully that makes sense and uh, it does to me. Uh, anyway, we'll move forward. I, I went a little bit further on that, but I, I, I think it's important to think about that. You know, and, and by the way, I'm not a huge, fo- I don't focus on stats too much. I, I encourage you not to get too focused on stats. Focus on what you can do to improve your show. But if you are seeing a drastic drop and it's considerable and it goes on, this might be a part of it, but you might have some other things to look at as well. Public service announcement. I told you that I would give you that. And my public service announcement is don't put animated GIFs in your sidebar. I have an affiliate link for my uh, ScreenFlow software. If you go to podcastanswerman.com, 
in the sidebar, you will see that I have recommended uh, products and services. It's way down below all my own stuff. Anyway, ScreenFlow is a, is a, is a software tool that I use quite often, and, and I love it. It's the best video editing software in the world, in my opinion. It's so easy and basic, and it's I, th- I think it's only $99. Unbelievable. Anyway, ScreenFlow, uh, the last time they updated to the most recent version, I went and got a new piece of artwork for the display and I like well, I like this one it's actually got a lot of different information it's flashing between three different things or maybe it was two different things no I actually flashing three different static images but it was an animated gif to actually show you this and then you see this and then you see this and it was quite impressive as far as you know it's like yeah that that hits all the big main points and I think if people knew that they would buy this software well the thing is though I was trying to respond to a very lengthy comment down down in my comment section on Podcast Answer Man, and I was typing a very lengthy reply, and it was driving me crazy. I, I mean, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is this is horrible. This distraction of this flashing image from one thing to the next, repeating over and over again, and it annoyed me very much. And so, I what I did is I just basically took a screenshot of uh, one of the most important messages, and then. Uh, you know, cropped that down to my 300 width image and uploaded it as a JPEG. So now it's a static image. Anyway, my friends, if you've got flashing images, if you've got images that roll from one thing to the next thing to the next thing in your sidebar, my recommendation, take that out and just use static images in your sidebar if you're going to put images over there. And my friends, it is that time once again, our social media update correspondent, Eric J. Fisher, standing by for what I believe is going to be our final social media segment for 2013 here on Podcast Answer Man. Eric Fisher, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Wonderful. Hey, I hear there is a lot to discuss here for our final segment of the year, and uh, I think that uh, I'm glad that all of this has come in this week for us to discuss. First topic, Google Plus communities. Are you getting all the emails I'm getting? I am getting those emails. <laughs> what are those emails saying, Eric? They're, they're saying, hey, you've been invited to a Google Plus community. Come talk about and then insert topic here. Yeah. The good news, I believe, is that this is probably going to go on for the next 30 days where you're going to get a ton of these uh, unsolicited added to your community kind of emails. And I think it'll kind of die down. Uh, I got that at Facebook. When Facebook switched over to the new groups feature, I got a lot of those where you could add any of your friends to a group automatically. Yeah. I, you know what? That still happens, but at least the groups are actually good ones now. Right. And, and here's one of the things I'm going to actually say something nice about Google plus. Um, I like the fact that you're invited to the Google Plus community and you're not actually added. Am I correct in that? That's definitely a plus. Yes, you're not you're not added, you're invited. So, on Facebook, just to clarify, if you create if if I were to create a group that I wanted to everybody to get updates on and stuff like that by default, as long as I'm your friend, I have the authority if I want to uh, or I should say the ability anyway, technically, to just go in and add any of my friends to that group without asking them. And they're automatically a group. Now, there is some features and functionality, I think, where if that happens to me a bunch, I can actually say somewhere in settings, I might be able to go in and say, don't let anybody add me to a group. However, by default in Facebook, if I want to add you to a group and you're my friend, I can do it and you're there and I might have added 200 other people and we've got a lot of conversations going on while you're on vacation for 10 days. You come back and boom, you're hit with it. Yeah, I, I so I prefer to be invited. Invited. And so with Google, of course, everybody's now creating their Google Plus communities, which was just launched this week. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people are going through their circles and adding people as like, hey, I'd love you to join my community around my brand. And uh, and of course, there are some where, you know, it's communities around topics and niche areas and and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to this stuff happening. I mean, obviously, if, if you've got some time to create a new outpost for your brand on Google Plus and 
you want to you want to engage with your community there i i certainly encourage that um you know pat flynn says be everywhere and i somewhat agree with that you know it's important to be where people are but my my caveat to that is be everywhere but if you're going to be there then be there engage there and one of the things that i've decided to do is is not really do a lot of engagement on google plus yet so um it it, it, for me it's just not there but have you have you looked at the google communities at all eric um, well, what I did was I actually went to Google Plus just now to see, and it showed me that I had four invites. So I'll, even the four invites that I got through email felt like I was getting, you know, five, six, seven, or more, because it wasn't an email that I asked for. Right. However, um, looking at it, I can see which ones I was invited to, and, and you know, it it is interesting. Like I'm seeing as I go down through, because I'm connected to different people. That you know, here's one that's called podcasters. Here's one that's called podcasting. Here's one that's called Podcasters again, but it's a different person that started it. And so it's, you know, it's like, well, which one do I go into? And do I go into all of them? And it's, I mean, I'm going to be choosy. I don't want to just join up and be part of lots more conversations online all at once. That's just, I'm trying to actually cut back and do the right ones, you know? You you and I have always had this approach of trying to keep some serenity, if you will, yes. uh, with our approach to social media. And so we're a little bit out of the norm. We're not out there to tell you, you and I at least don't have this philosophy of let's just go out there and super engage in every single place and and uh, make sure we're net, we're make sure we're a part of every single conversation that could potentially relate to us. We're we're not that no. kind of individual. But no. and, and, and I'm not saying that people who are using Google Plus communities are. There are some people who have said, you know what, I'm, a, I'm done with Facebook. Google Plus is where I want to go. And I, I prefer this. And wow, this is great. And matter of fact, I like this more than LinkedIn groups, if you will. And, and so if this Google com- Plus communities is where you want to plug in, it looks sounds like for those who are already engaging in Google Plus, the uh, initial reactions from everyone that I've heard they really like it. They well, as I've been browsing these communities, I'm seeing them be much more rich and uh, less spammy than LinkedIn group conversations. Like the LinkedIn groups, if you've ever browsed one, um, or at least the ones that I've been in, and this is not to talk back on, on any bad on any that are really good, but my experience has been that people will go to the group and they will post. Uh, you know, thought leadership type type link bait stuff to make themselves look good mm-hmm. and professional. And I'm just like, well, but that's not a conversation. Yeah. And, and, so at least here it looks like people are saying, hey, have you thought about this? Anybody have any, any experience with this? And And people jump in and actually talk versus try to position themselves in other words i come up with this a lot because i listen to a lot of social media marketing and uh podcasts and you know all the other sales and marketing and internet marketing and marketing and marketing and and how to market (laughs) your marketing um (laughs) i listen to a lot of that stuff and and i'll be honest with you i mean when it comes to the words strategies and implement and conversions and 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 stuff like i i sometimes can get tempted to be sucked into all of those things and let's get a link back strategy to bring people back to my site keep them on my site convert them keep them coming back and blah 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 and 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 there comes a point where i say you know what i don't want to see everybody as a mission this is this one of the things that happened in my faith is you know let me just convert everyone it's like no how about i just serve and help and 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 be where i can and i just went and saw the uh the press screening screening of the hobbit last night and i don't think it's any kind of uh Spoiler to say that if you are going to see the movie The Hobbit, you've probably read the book. But Bilbo Baggins goes on an adventure and he says, you know what? I'm not a hero. You know, I, I'm not even a burglar. I'm just me. I'm just on a journey. I, and, and you know, I do today what I, I feel like is the next right thing to do. It doesn't always have to be a part of a formula. It doesn't always have to be a part of a strategy. And, 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 and I do. I like the more human, conversational approach to building relationships with people online and not building relationships for the purpose of converting them to dollar signs in the future. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, got off. So off. in other words, social? Yeah. A little interaction? So- yeah, a little social yeah. interaction with our social media. How about that? 
A little, yeah. A little less on the marketing side. Although I, I'm not opposed to marketing. Don't get me well, wrong. Well, I mean, and it was fun because when I interviewed Michael Stelzner for my show, um, who we both know, and he's been on your sh- he's been on this show, in fact. Yep. Um, one of the things that I loved that he said was that social media marketers need to remember that the majority of people that are using social media are not marketers. They are consumers. Yep. So they are people. So let's be people first. Yeah. So I, I, I paraphrased about the last like tenth of that. So John, in last week's episode or a couple episodes ago, uh, we talked about Google Plus, and I think I probably just kind of, not that I put Google Plus down, it's just that I just show that I'm not all that interested in it. And he's like, hey, dude, what, what's up with all of this stuff? He goes, man, you're all gung-ho on MySpace, and you know, MySpace is new. I was just as gung-ho for Google Plus, you know, trying to talk about it when it first came out, mm-hmm. uh, more so than MySpace so far, although... Um, he, but he's like, honestly, I don't understand what, what's wrong with it. I really like it. I find more engagement there and stuff like that. And so I'd love to share and, and, and see Eric, what you feel as well. But my thoughts on Google plus, uh, and why it's a tool that I still today kind of despise, if you will. And, and I kind of, I, I, I have a defensiveness feel to it. And for me, it's number one, they've two uh, tightly integrated it with tools that I use for my business. So, for example, I have to use Google Chrome and a special plugin to get rid of that red notification box that tells me how many un unattended notifications are available for me in Google Plus. Uh, and yeah. I can't, I can't. I I'm in my inbox all day long, and red shiny objects draw my attention. I hate the idea of having anything left undone. And so, you know, with Facebook, I interact there. When when on Twitter and LinkedIn, I interact in all of those social media spaces. And I'm not distracted or pulled away by the notification boxes because I don't open those browser windows when I'm doing work and I'm focused on something. But I'm in my inbox a lot. And when I go to my inbox, I don't want to see a big blaring, oh, you've got 35 unread updates. Mm-hmm. And so um, I am using a plugin to get rid of that. But even if I go to my calendar and and then, you know, if I go to my Google reader, it's like everywhere I go on Google, they're forcing this thing on me. Hey, what plugin is that? Because I would love that because they get me all the time when I'm working in Gmail mm-hmm. that I see the red little dinghy and I'm like, ooh, Google Plus. Yeah. Um, so it does work. I can tell you right now, just do uh, go into where you go into Chrome extensions and find more extensions and type this in. It's actually called Hide Google Plus Notification Version 1.0. And again, it's Google and it's the plus sign all together. So hide and then space Google Plus, the plus sign, space notification. Um, and it is, it is great. It'll actually do it. It gets it rid of, gets rid of it on the calendar and also in your email. The other reason why I'm down on Google plus is they don't allow me to post from third party services. No Instagram, for example, uh, no Hootsuiting, no buffering, any of those other tools. I can't send anything into Google plus, And I really don't like that. I don't like the walled garden there. Yeah. Another reason that I don't use it is due to the fact that 100% of those who I would connect with on Google Plus, I'm already connected with and engaging with in either Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. So there's nobody on Google Plus that I can't actively engage in those other networks. And then, of course, um, you know, I've already talked about the fact that I feel like Google Plus is, it's like Google Plus the social network that is forced and thrust upon you <laughs> that that for me that's the overall feeling of that i get and then finally i just i don't want to spread myself too thin you know people can say gosh cliff you don't give google plus enough a chance you could say the same thing about linkedin groups i'm not there i i don't even have a facebook fan page but you know and 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 people could say well gosh you're missing out on wonderful opportunities i i don't think anyone could argue that i'm not engaging my community i i think that i'm pretty good at building relationships engaging with my community but it doesn't mean i have to be everywhere if i don't have the opportunity or the time to engage everywhere 
And that so that's why I feel the way that I do about Google Plus. Mostly because I feel like it's thrust upon me. Secondly, because they put notifications on all these other things that I have to go and hide. And number three, I just don't have time for another full-on engagement place in social media. And if I did, I would probably go to a Facebook page. I think that's my next logical the uh, next logical step for me. Yeah. Any any additional thoughts for you, Eric, or do you echo I, some of that? I, I pretty much echo all of that to certain degrees. And even to go back to say that I've not touched MySpace since we talked about it last time we talked. Because it's like, well, I just don't have a, I don't want to go to yet another place. I've got too much other things I'm doing, too many important things that are, that are not even social media interacting at all. So when I do use that, I'm going to, chances are I'm probably going to use a mobile device to do it, to be honest, because then I can at least be app specific. Yeah. So, and, and the, and the one thing is, is, and, and the other thing I, I actually, um, I'm a, a little bitter about is the fact that because I don't use Google plus I there, I'm getting slight dings in my quote unquote Google juice. So for example, when people search for some of the phrases and stuff like that, if I were to go in and do all the things that I quote unquote should do for my business, um, visibility and stuff like that there, if, if I was to use Google profiles more effectively, I could have my image, you know, and my profile link show up within search results. So, you know, when people search for podcast equipment, for example, or a podcast consultant, not only will it show my link, but it would show my, my avatar. And, and so, you know, and, and not to mention the fact that I would rank higher. Of course, I rank pretty, I rank top for all of the things that I really want to rank for anyway. But if I was just starting out, I would be dinged for not having those things. And uh, so, so I'm a, I, I resent Google Plus for thrusting itself upon me and for dinging me if I don't have time or choose not to use it. And so for those reasons, that's why I feel the way I do about Google Plus. But I want to know what you guys think about Google Plus. I want to know what you think about the new communities and some of the benefits there. I hear that the way they integrated um, Google Plus Hangouts is amazing inside of these communities. And uh, I, I just want to say one last thing and we'll move on. But when it comes to Google Plus, it's one redeeming quality from the get-go is its Hangouts. I think their Hangouts are amazing. I don't use them enough right now because I don't have time. But I, that if I'm going to use Google Plus for anything, it is going to be to do a Hangout. Yeah. All right. Uh, Twitter. I, you know, 140 characters. Um, I'll be honest with you. It's, there are times when I'm just like beating my head against the wall. How am I going to put this out? And 140 characters. I really wish I could do like 220 or 240 or something like that. That would 250 would be perfect. But uh, I, you know, there are a lot of people out there, Eric, upset because they've heard that Twitter is going to reduce the length of tweets down to 118 characters or even 117. <gasps> Tell me it's not true. It's not true. Thank you. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Where are people getting this idea, Eric? Okay, well, the idea is, duh, there's the, the 140, 140 character limit to begin with. But for people that have been including links, you know, short, it, whether it's a long link that they then wrap in their Tico shortener or your own shortener, those get reduced to about 120 to 22 well, they're actually doing some kind of a revision to the Tico link wrapper that extends the maximum length of a wrapped link from 20 to 22, I, which I, I, then means the link is longer, so your characters left over to write and say words are shorter. Right, and and I think the problem with that is that you know they're actually Ticoing the Tico shorten, shortening. Every link, even if you use a bit, yes. even if yes, you use are. a bitly link, they're still going to use the Twitter shortener on that bitly link. Even, but if you're looking at it in Twitter or some of even the third party clients, it will actually display the full link. In yeah, there. it will display your branded or your bitly, but it's still being wrapped in Tico. Yeah, so t.co is the thing, and of course. I think they've because there are so many links, they're running out of those random characters. So they yeah. they're they're just adding that on. So basically, when they say that Twitter is reduced, you know, starting in February, 
uh, they're going to reduce it to 118 characters. It's only down two characters. So you're, you're already you're, down to that. If you're adding links, you're already down to that uh, 120. You're already down to 120. So this isn't a huge drop or anything major to worry about. If you're using links anywhere within your tweets, it's not a whole lot different. And and what's funny is, had it not been reported, I probably would not have even noticed it when it went into effect. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, 140 characters sometimes is a little frustrating. But at, this, but at the same time, I do, one of the things I love about Twitter is its simplicity and, and how short and sweet to the point it can be. Yeah. And it's a little double-edged sword there. All right. So, uh, also in Twitter, I hear that uh, Twitter's new app has a new feature. Want to tell us about it? Yeah, they finally came out. They've been saying this for months. They said it would happen before the end of the year, and it, it is close to the end of the year. Twitter's app, and this should be universal t- for all mobile devices and tablets, has photo filters it's built fo- in. Sweet. So I don't use the official Twitter app anymore, but uh, I, I think that's, that's interesting. It seems like everybody wants to put photo filters in these days. Um, I even saw something on Mashable that the Flickr app is going to include um, uh, f- those little filters that you can do, Instagram-like filters. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, and we call curiously them, enough, we call them we call them Instagram filters. But they, these filters were around yeah, way before Instagram, right? With like Hipstamatic and and other different things before that, even. And uh, curiously enough, Flickr as well as Twitter's. Filters are coming from the same place, aviary. Really? Yes. Interesting. Now, what do you like? Be- what, I mean, when it comes to throwing filters, the, I mean, this is kind of nice. When you take a iPhone photo, just standard, it's not always the greatest and stuff like that. It's, some pictures you take could be boring, but these filters are kind of, you know, can kind of add a little flair and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, what you know? Are what is your favorite photo? filtering service and posting to the web kind of deal. As much as I dislike how Twitter and Instagram aren't playing nicely with each other. And I think that that's a detriment to all of us. Instagram is still the one that I use to share a photo because it goes to Instagram where people are looking at photos. I can send it to Facebook where people are looking at photos and and they're owned by Facebook, which I think is possibly some of the grudge between Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and I can also tweet it, even though it may not appear or won't appear in line. However, I heard there's a Google Plus extension for that as well. And so I still prefer Instagram. I still prefer Instagram, especially because they came out with an update this week. And on the iPhone 5, they've made it. They've made much better use of the screen real estate, as well as added in uh, some scaling and cropping that is now much better than before as well as a new black and white filter. And actually, they even did the, uh, what is it called? The pan and tilt? Uh, pan and tilt, they they greatly improved it. Now it's actually not uh, drastically blurring out everything. It's actually doing a much truer uh, depth of field focus. Sweet. So I've been playing with that. I have not played with the Flickr. I don't, I don't actually use Flickr. But uh, Flickr and Twitter seem to be playing nicely together, I guess. And Twitter came out with their own filters. And I did try Twitter's filters. And I tried the same exact shot with Twitter's filters and then Instagram. And I liked what I got with Instagram better. Yeah. If I'm going to share a photo, I'm going to do it on Instagram and share it out to Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, you know, not Google Plus because the, Google Plus doesn't allow it. But right. um, I will say that uh, the coolest new welcomed feature for me in the new Instagram app is the fact that I can take a regular image and do some cropping and scale it up and, right. and stuff like that. I, I really do yeah. like that. That that was missing. I really hated seeing photos where that hadn't been done come through on the square cropping on uh, on Instagram. One thing we never mentioned, and I'll bring it up here real quick, is that Facebook's uh, Facebook a long time ago, months ago, came out with a camera app. Well, they've recently moved all that functionality into the Facebook mobile app. So even on the Facebook mobile app, they beat Twitter the punch on this by, well, about a month, actually. Yeah. And uh, you can now upload photos and throw filters on them and share them directly to Facebook from the Facebook, the Facebook app. mobile app. Yeah. So Lots all, of stuff, man. Yeah, man. 
Lots of stuff going on. Eric, um, I know that uh, we're running a little bit late here, but I just want to say thank you for all the social media updates that you've given us here in 2012. Uh, For folks that don't know this, this is going to be the final social media update for this year. Uh, Eric will be back as we have social media news that we want to talk about in the new year. But uh, Eric, you're getting ready to take that social media fast. I am. I've got all my alerts already turned off and I will actually probably delete some apps coming up and take a little bit of a social media fast, take some time to stay off the web other than email for emergency purposes and uh, spend time with family, prioritize and, and even regroup for my podcast. There you go. And of course, you can find that podcast at beyondthetodolist.com. You can also follow Eric Fisher over at twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. Eric, thank you so much. Merry Christmas, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. And in case you think that I forgot, I have not. I was going to tell you about the fact that I did not write the show notes for episode 287 or 286. If you want to, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash 286. You can go to podcastanswerman.com slash 287. And you can go to the show notes for this one, podcastanswerman.com slash 288. I did not type the show notes for these episodes. I didn't. I've hired somebody else to do it for me, and I can't believe how much time it saves me. Let me tell you real quickly what I'm doing, all right? So what I do is, after I finish recording here, I will go through my outline of what I just shared with you, all the things that I've shared in here, and I record heading number one, personal plug of the week. This week was this, 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 there's links here. Uh, Next, my secret project, podcasting project revealed is the heading. Here's what I said about it. And I just kind of speak naturally what that is, giving an overview. Then I send it over to this person, my new assistant that's helping with me with my show notes. And she takes that audio recording and she professionally writes a good paragraph for each of the segments of that I talk about, that I dictated into the audio recording. And then she sends me, get this, she sends me a text file with the HTML code that I just paste right into my show notes. It could not be better. It could not be easier. I used to spend, by the way, I know it's crazy. I love, I'm a great writer, but I hate to write and I'll do anything I can to get distracted. I will let anything distract me from finishing my show notes. It used to take me two to four hours just to get through and write up the show notes for the show. Now, after I finish with this music, I'm going to record that little instructional audio recording, send it over to this assistant. She will take care of it from there. And I will take down, I will take my two to four hours down to no more than 10 minutes total. And somebody else is going to write my show notes and they look amazing. Go check it out. Podcastanswerman.com slash 288. Do you want to know who does this? Do you want to have somebody do that for you? Email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Cliff at podcastanswerman.com. I will then personally introduce you to that person. Just in the subject line, say, show notes help is what you want to put in the subject line. And I'll forward you. Oh, and real quickly, just want to say thank you to those of you who signed up for my Bluehost uh, using my Bluehost account. Um, let's see here. We have westernmedianetwork.com, americandoctorpodcast.com, quietinnovation.com, and ritualmadnesspodcast.com. All of you used my Bluehost affiliate link on my site. Thank you for that. I get a very generous reward or commission. And don't forget, podcasting A to Z, January 14th at podcastinga to Z.com. God bless y'all. Until next time, take everything you do to the next level.